Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Yes, I am. Hi, Trevor. Hello. How are you this fine Wednesday evening? I'm much better than last Wednesday evening. Uh, yes, we've some personal things happening there, actually, unfortunately. Let's not talk about that. Let's just cheer ourselves up and hopefully our listeners uh, with some click pitch. How this works is we both have a random word generator in front of us. Oh, I like the sexy voice. On the count of the three, two, one, click. We're going to click refresh. And we're going to get two words and we're going to mash them together. And come up with a brain baby of (laughs) (laughs) of a game idea. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that, that was that was that went maybe a little bit far at the end, but no, I liked it. I was, you know, pretty turned on. Uh, all right, well, let's <laughs> let's jump into it. Three, two, one, click. Collect. It's a very gamey word. Paralytic. Paralytic. So, like a tr- drug that, or a, a, some sort of venom or drug that paralyzes. Yeah. Um, or just relating to paralysis. Okay. So, collect paralytic. Uh, do you play maybe like a spider with a paralyzing venom? Ooh, much better than where my my mind was going. And maybe there's an aspect of, and so the collecting I was thinking comes in by just your victims, right? Like mm-hmm. you paralyze these victims and you you collect them in some way. Maybe you're a spider serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you don't kill them; you just keep them paralyzed. Uh, and so you could like we maybe you just you start off. With insects for food, I mean, and you maybe you have to feed from them, right? Like you, there's some sort of resource management yep. survival stuff in there where you you capture them and you you keep them in your web, paralyzed, and you feed from them when you need to. But maybe you start trying to to collect bigger and bigger things. Maybe that's where the collection well, comes I'm from. I'm thinking like that you- this is actually like an a- alien spider. So okay. you're you start out as as a small spider that you know sort of um, can can. Uh, catch a small insects and you make webs yep. and you, you think that you're just a normal spider because your parents always, you know, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking <laughs> like, that it, it's Sorry, like, I just thought, okay, go ahead. Cause it's just, I just, I just thought of something. I, I'm, I'm picturing it like you came down a la Clark Kent in like a, in like a little pod and you, okay. you happened to get like, um, taken in by these spiders who thought that you looked, you looked similar to them. Right. Right. I was going to go in a similar direction where, um, you just you thought you were just a regular spider, and then one day you got bitten by a man, <laughs> a radioactive man, and became man spider. <laughs> oh, I like it. Um, yeah. So, so I'm thinking that when when you do actually get um, as as you start getting bigger, you find out that you do have some sort of like camouflaging thing, and mm-hmm. that you can actually like camouflage yourself to be human as such. But oh, okay. So, so that you can go out into the world and, and you've got to like lure people back into into your. I love the idea though that web. your idea of being human of being human is just that like you start growing patches of color on your like carapace that that from a distance look like a human body if you sort of like put yourself upright, but you're still actually <laughs> just a spider, like it's just a giant spider. It's just you've got a big human sized body that has sort of a, a generally human shaped um, splotch on it. <laughs> kind of like how the um. How the Black Widow spider has like an hourglass on the stomach. You've got like the shape. Yeah, of a exactly. Human. <laughs> yeah, you've got a shape of a human on there. So you sort of rear up. <laughs> you know, eight legs in the air. 
And, and, then, and, then you and it do, looks like a human walking around. <laughs> then, then you kind of do, you know, um, like I'm trying to think of the old like red faces sketch where people put like the put like the massive hats over their heads and use their stomachs <laughs> yeah. to like use their stomachs to talk. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You put a hat on to hide your like eight eyes and giant fangs. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm picturing that, like, some of the later things that you can actually, later powers that you can actually get are, like, um, you can basically take over some people's minds. So, you can send okay. them out to try and get them to, to entice like other people. others in or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I like the idea almost of, of Spider as this vampire. Like, the sort of vampire lore around, but it's all through your, it's all, it's all via your venom sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, you're a creature of the night. You know, you probably hide from the sun. It might not kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't like garlic. <laughs> yeah, it's just not very, you know, you prefer the blood of, of creatures. Uh, but let's go back a bit, because I still, I like the idea of starting off as just a regular spider. Yep. And so, obviously, you've got, you can you can spin webs. Um, and so, I think at the beginning, you're just, you're just spinning webs to catch creatures and you paralyze them. Or you can, maybe you can go out hunting. And yeah, and maybe it is that, you you, you know, you're this, you're this alien or super, or super spider in some ways. But what that actually means is that you can learn and, and change a lot more than other spiders, yep. and so that's and so that's your skill tree, right? So you can upgrade your jumping, and you know your legs get stronger or bigger or whatever. You can upgrade um, different aspects of what your venom can do, uh, and maybe that's so that's where you get the, you know you could put it more into towards just paralyzing or killing or enthralling. You've got the mind, you've got the mind control stuff, yeah, like enthralling. I don't know what else. What other effects could you have from um, from the venom that would be useful? Radioactivity. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You just you just bite them and then send them off, and people drop dead around them. Well, the well, hair no, starts falling out. You can tur- you can turn someone into Spider Man. <laughs> oh, your own radioactivity. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I thought you meant that the venom makes the person or the the victim radioactive. No, I was just I was going on your on your riff about yeah. Spider Man before. <laughs> yeah, Man Spider. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm pretty sure Man Spider was actually has actually been in Marvel comics as like an alternate version of Spider Man. <laughs> Yeah, and but but of course, as you also like upgrade these skills, you know, each time you level up, you grow a bit bigger as well, and and you can catch bigger and bigger things. And I'm almost picturing it like a Katamari Damacy sort of thing, where and maybe not to the point of planets, no, <laughs> or buildings or whatever. But well, maybe buildings. Maybe by the end, you're like climbing up the sides of buildings. Oh, and, and uh, making massive webs in between in between the yeah, buildings, trying to in between skyscrapers, catching catching fucking helicopters and things. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Starting like starting it. off, you know, in a barn and having to make like a little a little web up in the corner, and then you just yeah. gradually build it out from there writing, until finally writing wor- <laughs> writing words in your little web to impress pigs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get it. <laughs> no, spell it out for me. <laughs> Some pig. All right. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And then building it up, and eventually you like. You're killing mice, and then you're killing squirrels, and then you're killing cats, and then you're killing fucking cows, and you collect them the whole time <laughs> because you're doing bigger and bigger webs uh, between you know houses and tree giant trees and yeah yeah I like it. So do I. Let's click again. Three, two, one, click. ASMR. <laughs> is that your word? No. <laughs> what is your word? Mushroom. Mushroom. <laughs> I got beeswax. Hmm. All right. Honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> <laughs> we did that a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, we did do that, didn't we? Hmm? What's another? What about an, What about something else? 
that's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and you get to be small. No, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm thinking like set sort of in a garden, like as a small, as a creature. And I mean, we just did a spider, but yeah. I mean, obviously a bee makes some sort of sense, but. Yeah, but I don't know what they've got all to right, do with all mushrooms. Right, all right. Okay. Well, well just there are mushrooms around. Okay. What lives in mushrooms? Spores. The Smurfs. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. it's it's a uh, game based on the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking that either they live in mushroom houses or they're, you know, tiny enough to be, you know, under the mushroom sort of thing. Or they're on mushrooms. Or they're on mushrooms. Or Gargamel is actually on mushrooms and that's why- Gargamel is actually- That's the big twist at the end is you find out that Gargamel is just on drugs and imagining little blue people running around and fucking with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you find out you find out he just painted his hand blue and put a um, blonde wig on it, and, f- and was just fucking his hand. And he's like, "I created Smurfette." <laughs> okay, um, now, now now I'm really wanting wanting the character to play Gargamel, and you want the whole- player to play Gargamel. Yeah. And, okay. And so I think the the initial story can actually be. Um, I feel like maybe if we're gonna go. If we're going to mess with it too much, maybe this should be like a a kind of rip off of the Smurfs. Like it, it takes a lot from the Smurfs, but we change a few things. Okay, so gran- gangrene mill. <laughs> yeah, gang. We're just calling gangrene. Yep. Um, and they're not blue. They're um, uh, yellow. Nah, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I can't be bothered dealing with oh, all fine. this. It's Smurfs. They're, they're just blue, the Smurfs, and, and we'll deal up. with any lawsuits later. I'm sure that our 30 listeners aren't going to give a shit. <laughs> Better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yep. Okay. Um, so, my my thought is, like, this is showing the reason why Gargamel hates the Smurfs. So, he's gone out and he's cultivated from his garden, like, the most amazing beeswax. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that the Smurfs have stolen the bees, have stolen all these beeswax because it's like, I don't know, is it like the hottest drug in, in Smurf Village? Um, beeswax, it gets them high and- Okay, let's step back a bit, though, because first, I kind of like the idea of you not knowing from the beginning that it's a Smurfs game. Mm-hmm. So, you don't know the name of your character. You're just this kind of oldish guy living in an old shack. Oh, and it's first person, so you don't actually get to see what you look like. I was picturing third person, but I was thinking, I was picturing just that, like, the that it's more realistic styled. So, you don't necessarily know, like, it's not that sort of real caricature with the big nose and stuff that yeah. the, the, the voice that Gargamel is. It's just like an old guy and he's just living with his cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing, the things you've got to do at the start are like, you just check out your house and you've got your garden and you get a few tasks to like, yeah, harvest your beeswax. Oh, kind of, kind of like heavy rain. hives or whatever. Kind of like heavy rain. You go yeah, maybe. You- or I'm even, I'm even thinking a bit of like a 3D um, Stardew Valley kind of thing where you get to like, Check on your beehives and and go into town and buy some more, but then you start noticing things going missing, and occasionally you like see these little dashes of blue around. Like it's like oh, make it, make a it little a blue thing. Not even of- yeah, not necessarily even a thriller, but just yeah, I, I guess a bit of a mystery until yeah, like you st- yeah, your stuff's going missing, and eventually like and you think you've just got pests, and eventually you catch one. Like you put out. Fucking rat traps or something, and it's and you it's can, got and sharp teeth, and it's and it's fucking rabid as anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, they're not even they're not actually these friendly little things. They they actually are just pests. I, <laughs> they don't they don't even talk. They just they try to bite and they try to kick and they just steal your shit. So, I mean, we 
we as kids, you know, loved the Smurfs because they were happy-go-lucky and all this sort of stuff. But I'm imagining from Gargamel's perspective that they must look somewhat, somewhat different because otherwise he'd, mm. he'd love them too. So um, totally. So it's just from yeah, it's from his point of view of, of this whole relationship with the Smurfs as these horrible, dangerous pests who keep stealing that are always stuff from mess- his place, messing and- with his cat, stealing stuff from his place. And so yeah, like he does create out of Play-Doh a little blue woman smurf because he's trying to lure them into his traps or something and they just steal that too and take it back to their fucking little village <laughs> they're all just humping it like animals like the animals that they are yep and so so the whole thing turns into like you know coming up with different plans to try and um eradicate yeah, you're to build a better build a better smurf trap every every time and and all the while like you've got this sort of stardew valley-esque um stuff going on where you still you have to tend to your crops and your bees and go into town and they can have relationships with people and stuff. And you, you <laughs> maybe you team up with some of them because they're like, yeah, those fucking Smurfs uh, coming into my garden too. They're teaming up with that. You, you go into town and you're, you're like, fuck, I need a drink. And so you go into the bar and you sit down to uh, sit down next to another farmer and you start lamenting about these fucking Smurfs. Mm-hmm. And, this, and, the, and the guy goes, yeah, like, I've got the same things, but with fucking rabbits. And- they're just there all the time, and they're stealing my carrots and my radishes. And you know, I even I caught one of them in a flower pot, but he got away. And but I got his shirt. And then Gargamel's, yeah, like I feel you, buddy. All right, I'll see you later, Farmer McGregor. And he goes back to his <laughs> house. Maybe maybe you share some tips on like eradicating pests. <laughs> You've recently seen Peter Rabbit, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I watched it with the kids. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, he's going down to Peter Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea that, like, who, who else could be at this bar? It's just like usually a villain in, in like kids' shows or whatever. Um, there's like the fucking the the farmer from the Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. Well, the the old guy that owns the shop, or the old guy, whatever it was, the shop. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like they're all at the bar. You just get their point of view of like we're just trying to run an honest business here. And, and now I'm picturing that you got a Fraggle in there, and he hates all the dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah, one of the fraggles has made friends with the old guy because they've bonded over their hate of pests. <laughs> God, <laughs> I, I, I kind of really want to play this now and see how demented we can make these these Smurfs like. Oh just yeah, rabid and- I'd love to see some artist renditions of of uh, rabid feral feral Smurfs. You know, with with, with a rather you know uh, saintly sort of gargamel. <laughs> And his cat, you know, they're, they're- Yeah, he's just a nice old guy. Like, he's got a little store where he sells his beeswax candles or whatever. And he's he's got this lovely little granddaughter. His and wife, he's, he's his wife died. And, like, yeah. You know, he's yeah. he's always going down to the hospital, helping out all these all these <laughs> all these people in the Burns unit and sing songs and all this sort of stuff. And the Smurfs just come and fuck shit up. <laughs> That's it. So you have to create these like. I like the idea that you've got all your crops and stuff, but in between them are all these Rube Goldberg-esque traps that you've- Or, like, just the failed traps where you're trying to, like, you know, string them up to to use as bait and then catch the rest of them in a spike pit. Poison them. Yeah. Um, There's there's got to be some sort of crescendo at at the end. Maybe there's just, like, a a last stand and you just- it turns into just like a shooter. You've just got thousands of Smurfs swarming your, swarming your uh, your your house and your farm, and, and you go you've out. Got to, you've out got to set up your traps and, and- 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, there's a bit of um, like Sunset Overdrive. Did you ever play that? Yeah. Yeah, like how, how you'd have the moments where you had to like set up your traps and stuff ahead of time and then you just get swarmed. Um, so, you, maybe you just have like rounds of that at the end. It's just cool. you've got to the point, you've unlocked all your different trap types and stuff and now it's just, all right, they're just going to keep swarming. You've got to get through the night. So, the very final scene is after you've after you've won and, you know, um, the, the cat and Gargamel are just sort of- <sighs> Yeah. It's just zo- surrounded it's- by corpses of Smurfs. Oh, Smurfs. It zooms yeah. out- and you see um, Papa Smurf leaving with, with like, the Smurfette. <laughs> just- <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say it zooms out and it's just, like, they're the only place in the whole town that's not covered in Smurfs now. And <laughs> so, that it's just a brief respite and they've actually taken over and bred to the point of infesting the entire planet. Or, or you see Papa Smurf talking to Peter Rabbit and it's like, <laughs> they both walk <laughs> off together. <laughs> they walk off together to make, like... Fucking Smurf rabbit hybrids in their lab. God damn it. (laughs) Blue rabbits. (laughs) Yep. Okay, three to one click. (laughs) Ballerina. Stripe. Stripe ballerina. Yep. Okay, I'm picturing this almost as a- like a puzzle game where- because like ballet is very precise. Mm Mm-hmm. So, some sort of- game where you have to, like, dance along, like, stripes on the ground sort of thing. Like, you're, there's some sort of puzzle or sort of dexterity test around staying on the line or keeping them all on the line or something. Okay. Yep. That's all I've got. <laughs> That's all you got. Okay. Yeah. I, I heard- Well, I saw the word stripe and I immediately thought gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's probably a better direction. Let's do that. I know this is like the third thing in a row in which we're doing some sort of creature. But, um, again, I think this could be one of those things that you play like one of the gremlins and you're just going around trying to <laughs> fuck shit up. Uh, okay. Well, th- okay. This is interesting. This is interesting because you don't- Obviously, you don't start as a gremlin. You start as a mogwai. Mm-hmm. And now the mogwai don't actually want to become gremlins. Some of them Usually. Do. Well, that's true. They were evil Mogwai in Gremlins 2. And Gremlins 1. Really? Yeah. Basically, oh, right. Basically, Stripe was a, mo- a Mogwai well, first. Yeah. And- right. I've, I've forgotten which movie, like what happened in what movie. Yeah. First one was at Christmas and the second one was in the building. I guess it was mostly only Gizmo that yeah. didn't seem to want to become a Gremlin. Anyway, I think I, I feel like I like the idea that, that it, you don't actually- Like that we give the player some reason to not want to become a Gremlin initially- but if they fuck up and they do, because oh, they may- maybe fall into- maybe it's that you're trying to break the rules, so you're trying to get wet. You're trying to you're trying to you know be fed up. Well, in I kind of I kind of to- like the idea that initially you're not for whatever reason. Like that if you're playing a Mogwai, like sort of the first phase of the game is you trying to stay a Mogwai as long as possible, but you're inevitably going to screw that up. Yep. And at which point, then obviously you become the gremlin, and then you sort of you start on the gremlin phase of the game, where you're now doing evil shit. So, yeah, I don't know what that beginning- Like, I guess it depends what sort of game it is, too. Like, what gameplay we're thinking. And if there's any sort of narrative, or is it just- You know, you could do a- Oh, it'd be- I wonder if you could do, like, a roguelike Gremlins game, where every time you do start off as the Mugwai- Like, where you have that multi-phase kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so, you're unlocking things that help you in different- In the in each phase, different- Each time you go through. But, like, yeah, the beginning is- And it could just be a- I mean, again, I'm trying to think of what the general gameplay is- because what can a fucking Mugwai do anyway? <laughs> okay, so and- I, I'm 
I'm picturing that this starts off. It's in the desert. Okay. The reason why I'm saying desert is because then there's little amounts there's of no water, water around. And it also means that during the night, you know, you got to... Oh, during the night, you can be out, out and about doing all the stuff that you need to. But during the day, you know, you have to be hunkered down somewhere. So, let's just rehash the rules for people who might not have seen Gremlins or for me who can't fully remember them. So, if they get wet, they multiply, right? Yes. So, do not get them wet. If you feed them after midnight, they become Gremlins. Yes. So, do not feed them after midnight. And also... Isn't there a third rule? Huh? Isn't there, then there's a third rule, right? Yeah, the third the third rule is actually never ever feed them after midnight. Um, oh, right. So the the um, the second rule I'm pretty sure is um, don't expose them to bright light. Yes. So because that turns them into stone, doesn't it? Yeah, it burns them basically. Yeah. Oh, it was only that one that gargoyle one that turned into and stone. T- yeah, but t- turns them into sludge basically. That's how they beat them in Gremlins too. Yeah. They melt them all by shining shining light on them, and then they. Um, like spray a crap load of water and get the electricity gremlin out and just totally fuck them all up. That's um, right. Yes, I've seen the <laughs> both gremlins movies probably too many times, but I'm thinking that this could actually be a prequel to the whole thing. So okay, so this is like where the this is like origin story. Origin story. They've just they've just sort of been dropped in the in the wild west. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. So oh, it's different, taking it to a different time period. I like that. Different okay. time period, sort of. I'm thinking almost, um, if you remember the old TV series, Kung Fu. I never watched it. Basically, you had David Carradine going around, sort of, all, all alone. I'm picturing that, that the old guy from, the old Chinese guy, he's sort of travelled from, from China, brought his mogwai with him, and the um, gizmo happened to get wet. And Wait, multiplied. so is this still gizmo? Because I thought, didn't you just say that he dropped in the Old West? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, this guy has been living through... Oh, he's okay. He's, like, he's, he's, he's supernatural mystical, in some way. Supernatural. Okay. And then he just it gets to like 1984 or whatever, and he just he's like, oh, I'm going to sell you now, Gizmo. Yeah. We've spent hundreds of years no, together. Don't, but don't, this forget, goes off, don't forget, this goes he off didn't for me want to bucks. sell him. His grandson did. His grandson sold, that's sold true, Gizmo. That's true. So, that's true. Yeah. You're trying to fool me. It's like, you can't fool me. <laughs> <laughs> um, fool me once, can't fool me again. Yeah, that's, how, that's how it all goes. So, I'm picturing that yeah, Gizmo's only in it at the very start. Accidentally gets wet, and one um, Mowgli, one offspring, Mogwai, Mo- offspring, yeah. <laughs> Mowgli, uh, Mowgli, was- <laughs> one Mowgli. It was a pretty Mowgli Mogwai. <laughs> pug Fugly. <laughs> what a pug Mowgli Mogwai with his with his that mug of his that Mowgli mug on that Mogwai. <laughs> um, yeah, so you start off as as one Mogwai, and are you just like lost in the desert? Yeah, I think I think you're in a in like a ghost town sort of sort of thing or something similar to that, and mm-hmm. you you sort of got to venture out and, and try and find food and and that sort of stuff. But right. of course, not having not having time and all that sort of stuff, you don't know if you're eating after midnight. And right, so the first thing you got to find is a is a pocket watch, and then you realise you don't have a pocket, so you just <laughs> have to keep that at your like little den that you've created. And uh, bring your food back there and make sure you don't eat after midnight. And, and I guess there's going to be some experimentation around, you can't eat after midnight. When can you eat? Like, what's the earliest you can eat? <laughs> if you're looking at a watch and it's in, you know, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. And it says that it's after midnight. Does, does that count? <laughs> well, you know, presumably maybe it's got something to do with, they, they're reactive to the sun. So, perhaps like the UV radiation is at its lowest is at its lowest then. So, for whatever reason, without that UV radiation to um, to kind of fight back the gremlin DNA, 
<laughs> then, uh, so it's not actually you know it's not strictly midnight. It's just oh, like don't actually, don't eat. Yeah, that 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 actually answers the rule better than they actually answered it themselves. Yeah. So it's actually like this only tiny little period in which it's just after midnight that if you feed them in, there's there's um, just not enough UV radiation and they turn into gremlins. But if they eat like 15 minutes later than that, then the UV radiation started coming back up again from the from the sun making it round. From the sun, the sun coming up, exactly. Yeah. Because technically, if it says don't feed them just uh, feed them after midnight, it's like when can you feed them again? Yeah. Look, it's just a rule of thumb. Best yeah. to wait until the sun's up. <laughs> But in reality, if you if you wait an hour, it's fine. <laughs> well, I think it's probably that period of you know by midnight the sun's been down for a few hours, the ra- the the UV radiation that's sort of bouncing around the atmosphere is mostly died off, and it's not until yeah it's not until the sun starts coming up, you know, and it doesn't you don't have to wait until dawn because it's it starts the UV radiation bouncing around again before it actually you sort of see the actual sunlight. But you know, you, so don't feed them between like midnight and three, three thirty ish. It's really just a rule of thumb. So you play as Mogwai, and I like the idea that yes, it is a um, like a roguelike, <clears throat> a roguelike. Mm-hmm. In that you go out, and if you die, you get melted by the it's sun. So it's permadeath, and yeah, that, so it's very much. There's a lot of survival aspect to it. Yeah, that Mogwai's dead, and, and you you can start again as a as a new Mogwai that may have yeah been dropped dropped somewhere. So I like else. the idea then that. Yeah, because because you do have those two phases then, right? And so in that first phase, it's kind of a resource collection phase and a bit of stealth. Like you don't want to be seen and caught. You obviously have to avoid the sun. You mm-hmm. have to you have to time your eating and not die from starvation. <laughs> <laughs> so like the re- the it, it might come to a point where like you're trying to gather as many resources as you can before it's just inevitable at some point that you'll become a gremlin. Um, and so maybe it's because oh shit, I didn't find enough food during the day, which is hard because the fucking sun is out, to get me through the night. And so, it's it's 2.45 and I'm about to starve to death. Well, fuck, it's better to become a gremlin than to die. Yeah, because at least, at least then you know that, okay, we're going to be able to last in the cocoon for another, like, two days or so. That's and then- it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you have to have put up defenses or, like, you have to make sure that when you eat after midnight, you're in a safe place so that nobody finds the cocoon. <laughs> you do it in the middle of the bar and the, the, the bartender comes in the next morning and just stamps on it and it's like, you died. <laughs> yeah, totally. Look, and I'm actually, I'm almost picturing this now as, as oh, I'm sort of picturing an isometric, fairly high up view now where you're kind of seeing, you know, a little mogwai that's it's maybe only 20 pixels high, mm-hmm. sort of running around in this town. Not necessarily a sort of pixel art as such, but I'm kind of picturing almost like a, like a commandos view, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, or, or like that Silent Storm game or something. And, and maybe, maybe your thing is okay. Go out and try and build up your army by getting by getting you know the five drops of water on you, and now you got five more. Yeah, well, that's it. You could kind of recruit. Like maybe maybe one of the skill trees, one of the things you can unlock then is the uh, the ability to control your offspring. Like maybe initially, if you get wet, you're fucked because they're just going to turn on you. Yep. Um, and they might go and turn into gremlins. Like I like the idea that initially. Yeah, like, you get wet. It's like, oh, shit, I got wet. Pop, 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 pop. They all run off. They might come back a day later or two days later. And they might be, they might be gremlins. They might still be mogwai. Like, you don't know. They're just going to show up later in, in this run. Mm-hmm. And so, that's just another thing then that you've got to protect against. And so, yeah, you're this lone mogwai out in the Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> People shoot on sight because you're a fucking weird- Like, they just think you're a rodent initially when you're when you're a mogwai. It's like, ah, goddamn rabbits. Okay. So, get this. Every time that you get shot- Mm-hmm. It then travels to where 
uh, where Gizmo currently is. Okay. And he gets a single drop of water on his back again, and a new one starts <laughs> in that new location. <laughs> okay, so it might not necessarily be the Wild West. Or oh, it's always I'm, just- I'm It's just a different town. It's like- just a different town. Okay. So, so that- that- Talks about like the different, the different sort of, the different sort of layouts that you can have yeah. for, for the roadway. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. It's like, ah, shit, this, this, uh, Mugway died. All right. And it's just like you get a cutscene of the old Chinese guy and he's in his cart and he's like just traveling along and he's, he's, a bead of sweat have- drops off. No, no, I'm thinking he's got a drink and instead of putting it down like on his drink holder, he accidentally puts it on Gizmo's head and Gizmo's like, and like that drop comes off and it's like, poop and just, yeah, like, Flies out onto the ground. The the fucking um, the cart drives off, and the next round starts. And this town nearby. <laughs> um, so what I'm also imagining, uh, just to just to have some fun with it, mm-hmm. is that say there there is actually like an end state. You actually find out how many like how many infestations of gremlins and stuff that you've you sort of left all over all over the United States. Oh, totally. I mean, I think even if you've like you can just get those stats at any time. Yeah. But yeah, it measures like if in this particular run, you um you didn't have any offspring, then you've left nothing there. But you died. Yeah, you've left nothing there. But maybe like yeah, there's still a little thing around, uh, you know, or maybe in one town there was a scientist or something who found you and dissected you and <laughs> <laughs> discovered something about your physiology. Or but yeah, if you have you too many offspring, unlocked. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like if you make your way back to that there's town, you can unlock. A, you can unlock a hole. There's- <laughs> There's a fourth rule um, that if you if you tickle them in the belly at the same time as kissing them on the forehead, then a cybernetic then they grow cybernetic arms and limbs and <laughs> have fucking like lasers and shit. But like they didn't have enough paper to write that down, so they had, they, re- they needed to rediscover it. There's a fifth rule: if a gremlin fucks a mogwai, it's the end of civilization <laughs> as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> Three to one click. Yeah. <laughs> How did we get that from ballerina? We didn't use ballerina. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot about the ballerina. It doesn't matter. It's fine. That was that was worth it. Oh jeez. Bullfight. Sinner. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. 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 Um, all right. All right. So you play an X. Bullfighter. Okay. Who died and went to hell. Okay. You're liking where this is going. Yeah. So, (laughs) basically, at the gates of hell, he gets told, okay, because you killed this many bulls, (laughs) you've you've actually, you know, you've been sent down to hell because in in Indian culture, which happens to be the right culture, like, cows are sacred. Like, Hinduism is- happened to be the actual real thing. Okay. They, they got it most right. You know, so they, right. they're, like, 75% right. There's still, there's still like, a, a heaven and hell, but there's there's also, like, they got it most right in that- But cows they, are sacred and- But cows are sacred. And God is an elephant. Yeah, so you get sent back to Earth. I hope I'm getting that right. About, like, I'm not mixing up fucking religions or something. I think they got a- I think they got a number of gods. But yeah. That's yeah, okay. that's probably true, um, yes. Either way, they, they were right in that cows are sacred. No one else has got it actually 100% right, like, but they were at least the closest. So, you get returned to Earth as a bull. <laughs> oh, okay. And now, you, you've got to make amends. Okay, I thought this was going to end in you having to bullfight Satan, because no. he's got the horns. No, no, no. And, like, no. that was going to be your final move. That was going to be this big thing where it's like, 
you, you taunt him enough and then you move to the side <laughs> and you're like, oh, I wasn't there after all. It was just a red sheet. <laughs> Fuck you, Satan, I win. All right, but there's not much gameplay there. No. Uh, okay, so you are a bull. Yes. And you have been returned to Earth. You've been reincarnated as a bull. But you've been reincarnated as reincarnated as a bull who actually knows about about all this stuff. So you've actually retained some memory, but you've been returned to Spain where there's okay. there's still bullfights and yes. running of the bulls and stuff going on. Yes. So you can have, you know, the running of the bulls. You can have a bullfight in which you know you, so is, you is can your maybe goal you can maybe kill the um kill the, the, bullfighter. the bullfighter. And the idea being that you can also have like a bull in the China shop sort of moment and <laughs> <laughs> Of course. And just so, sort of, he's trying to make amends to his family, kind of, kind of like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the of the movie. Like, oh, uh, like a heaven can wait or something like that. <laughs> yeah, know, like heart and soul, heart and soul. Yeah, yeah, those sort of things where you're trying to make amends to your family, but you come back as a bull. <laughs> right, right. So does it have that like '80s comedy <laughs> drama vibe about it? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> the like cheesy heaven or hell scene. <laughs> you see Paul trying to play heart and soul fuck whoops <laughs> <laughs> you put in all these references to similar films <laughs> yeah okay so uh, are you thinking I guess probably like third person like what's the gameplay like is it little vignettes where it's all right, oh, like now you're doing a bullfight and now you've got a conversation tree with someone and yeah, now you've I got a, um- a China you found your way into a China shop so I, I'm actually thinking it's, it's like a point-and-click adventure with, like, arcade sequences. Okay. Because <laughs> so, that always works really well. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah, I I'm, just, I'm just ragging on, on, on adventure games with bad arcade sequences. <laughs> Go to our YouTube channel. <laughs> point-click repeat. Yeah, okay. And so, okay, point-click adventure. So, you're just, like, walking around this Spanish town as a bull, or are you stuck in your pen and you're sort of- I think what you find out is that all sinners come back as, as like, different animals. Okay. This would be this would be an interesting way to actually, and like as usual, we shouldn't be the ones to write this, but you could explore Hinduism in a very interesting way, mm, uh, and, other, could, and other religions. And other religions. But, <laughs> but you know, Hinduism has an has elements of reincarnation and obviously the bull, like the cow connection, and um, yeah, like that that could just be interesting. Look, I'm not going to go any further in that because I don't know enough about no. about it, but I'm just saying that could be an interesting sort of take on it. Yeah, it could um, be. but but yeah, okay, so. So is it that you're kind of you're going around and you have to try to talk to every other animal to find out if they're a reincarnated human or not, or if they're just an animal? I, th- I think, or is it just literally every animal have, have, has has been reincarnated from a human by now? Yeah, I think I think there's there's a, a good number, but a lot of them don't actually um, a lot of them don't actually know. So there's only rare oh, okay. rare ones that actually know that. Is that why it was a sin to kill all these bulls? Then not only because they're sacred, but actually technically they were human souls. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Okay. And so, what's your kind of? So your end goal is you're saying you're trying to make amends with your family. With your family, yeah. Are you trying to also like stop bullfighting or something? Is there? Do we have some sort of? I, you know, I think mor- that, moral I think around the that, that may actually be one of your um one of your main things that you need to do, and your side yeah. quest is sort of like your the your family, family sort of yeah okay so yeah you're sort of you're trying to somehow as a bull <laughs> stop bullfighting um, do you find a way to communicate with humans <laughs> since you're one of the few animals who remembers being a human you like start 
using your horns to scratch numbers or letters into the into your barn wall or something. And, and now and now we're and now we're back to Charlotte's Web. Yep, <laughs> some pig. <laughs> yeah, some bull. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the story could go. In could go a, a, a lot, lot of different directions. I don't think we've got the time to. No, to I talk don't think about we'll that any further. But yeah, no, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting idea. I like that. That's cool. Let's keep going. Three, two, yeah, one. Yeah, three, two, one. Click. Are right, you get first? Banquet. Throb. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! There's so many places that you could take throb. This is an ultra gory. Four-person fighting game, sort of Power Stone-ish, mm-hmm. set in realistic locations using the sort of, um, you know, the Burnout devs made that golf game. I never played it, but where you're, like, golfing inside and everything's breakable and stuff. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, like, using that sort of technology and the the one of the levels is you're in a banquet hall and there's food everywhere. And so, by the end of the fight- there's just like food everywhere, and throbbing comes from the fact that you can tear people's hearts out <laughs> and have a banquet with them. <laughs> well, you can eat it if you like. That's just extra gore. Uh, yep. But yeah, like I, I kind of like the idea of a totally. I guess like you know you'd be taking inspiration from Mortal Kombat in a sense there with the goriness, but um, you could you know go a bit over the top silly, but more of that yeah that Power Stone vibe of a a. You, you've got a uh, sort of a top-down view that you're moving around in a largish room, realistic style, and able to yeah pick up weapons and throw them at each other and and do special moves. And I also like the fact that you could have certain levels that are set in like a banquet hall in which there's a massive sort of layout of food, and you can like pick up food and throw it at other people as well. So you can sort totally. of you can just do it. fighty that yeah. you then start picking up cutlery and throwing it at people, and then. You know, you do the whole Kalimar, rip their rip their heart so, out. And well, like, maybe that's it. Maybe every level throw it at someone else actually just starts as an innocent food fight. But all of these people have real anger and violence issues, and <laughs> start by smashing the end, chairs over each other. Yeah, and by the end, ripping their head may- off. May- as their blood maybe there's an actual. Maybe there's an actual. Yeah, that's it. Maybe there's an actual mechanic of your bloodlust meter. So when you start, you can only pick up food, um, yeah. and you're getting. You know, you're sort of getting scored points. But every time you get hit. Your bloodlust meter goes up a bit. Oh, and it's only when you're getting a hit. So if you're hitting people, then you're not getting angry. No, so but that's right. But if they're getting angry, then once they hit a certain point in that meter, now they can start picking up things that are going to hurt more. So now it's plates and cutlery. You know, they're not going to kill you with them probably, but it's going to hurt a bit. It's going to hurt and get you higher up in, in your anger meter. Exactly. And- yeah, and so you, and so you end up with this almost exponential growth of the anger until you are at the point where the it like you're grabbing things that are lethal like the chef's knife and you know the fucking i don't know with gun i guess yeah i'm i'm, th- I'm thinking that you can you can like get to the point where if your bloodless meter sort of hits hits the top you know you can cause some sort of fatality sort of thing. Yeah, now you can do a fatality, basically, and take one person out. right off. And- <laughs> yeah. But maybe when you do that, like, you take someone out of the game completely, but your bloodlust meter drops, not necessarily to zero, but it drops, and so now you're actually at a disadvantage. You've yeah. got less people that you're fighting against, and obviously you've got a ton of points or whatever for that, but they're fucking throwing knives and whatever at you, and you're, you know, throwing mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and so strategically, that we probably need a way to bring people's bloodlust meter down. So I wonder how you do that. 
is it just if they don't get hits enough? Oh no, well it's if I guess it's if they don't get hit enough. Does it does it drop? That'd be interesting. Well, maybe maybe you, can, maybe you can play some calming music. <laughs> you could fire off a like if you throw something at the at the record player, then it does some music, and anyone in range like loses some off their bloodlust. Well, no, but I was, I was just thinking that if the bloodlust is slowly draining, you could just not shoot at them, and as long as you don't get hit, they're going to get to the point where they can no longer throw things that are lethal, right? Okay. So there's yep. almost a back and forth there of. Sometimes you want to get hit to keep your bloodlust meter high so that you can take the other person out. I guess the issue is you get to you could get to a bit of a stalemate. So, but you could probably put like sort of um, hazards in the level and stuff that could that that randomly like boost someone's bloodlust meter up by thirty percent or something. Bear trap. Shit. <laughs> you take a little bit of time pulling that. Now you're really angry. And- <laughs> but now you're really angry. And so you can actually take that bear trap and like reopen it and put it on someone's head if they're close enough. I think, I think this would be one of those games that if you, if you got the, um, the mechanics of the blood lost right, it could be like an awesome, fun co-op game. But if you fucked it up, like, and you, and you got it so it was just slightly imbalanced, like, oh, yeah. it just wouldn't be fun. So. Your main thing would be all about getting that um getting that blood loss meter like one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely would need need to be well balanced. But yeah, I could picture this being a really fun co- like couch um, competitive game. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I, I, li- I like the idea that to replenish the weapons on the table, what you actually have is like a, a butler and <laughs> and like a maid sort of come through and, <laughs> and like reset and the like- table. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm picturing you can have different levels like. Yes, the banquet hall's one, but you've also got the school cafeteria, and you've got like an an outside barbecue, like anywhere that there's food where a food fight could potentially break out. You've got the you've got the DLC um, level from Hook where they have the food fight <laughs> on on uh, fucking in Never Neverland. Um, you've got a you've got a prison cafeteria, and therefore you've uh, got like yeah, traveling guards and guards with guns, and you got the Hogwarts area with all, with all the different um. Oh, totally. Yeah, you can have a- ho- yeah. yeah, you get Hogwarts level and you've got, like, one, one once you get your bloodlust one- up, you can use the fucking forbidden curses or whatever. <laughs> the killing curses. <laughs> you, can use- you have to get your bloodlust 100% to a Dava Kedavra or anyone or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's- that's- there's a lot of different places you could take that. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Ooh. Ghoul. <laughs> Possessor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I mean, that sort of takes itself into a supernatural place pretty quickly. But to do something a bit different, maybe you're a ghoul who is buying a house. (laughs) 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 Maybe this is a very... Did you ever play that game? It was a Sierra game called Jones in the Fast Lane. I thought you were going to say that. Um, (laughs) No... But I remember seeing, like, bits and pieces of it. But please tell me what it's all about. So, it's been so long since I've played it. But it was basically, it was almost a board game, in a sense. Like, you you played against other people, and you had your character, and you had different places around the board, like, around this square area Mm -hmm. that you could work at. uh, And you could buy things. Like, it was basically a capitalism simulator. Oh, yeah. As you got more money, you could buy things. And I think that would, like, bring your happiness up or your score up or something. I don't know. I might have to look it up and see what it was about. But anyway, the basic gist of it was 
get a job, like go up the sort of corporate ladder or get to get better jobs and make more money, get a better place. You know, like I said, capitalism simulator. But that sort of thing could be interesting in a supernatural space as a ghoul. <laughs> so, you've got your cave mm-hmm. that you live in at the beginning. It's pretty dank and dark <laughs> and wet. <laughs> is that dank in a good sense? Like, man, this is like, dank. Like dank nugs. <laughs> it does. You do grow some pretty awesome- Chicken nuggets? Marijuana <laughs> down there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, you decide to pull yourself up by your bootstraps uh, and go out there and get a job mm-hmm. in the real world. <laughs> so, it's- So, you're a ghoul navigating uh, the human world. What the fuck is a ghoul anyway? Like, is there a strict definition? Because, I mean, I know the ones from Fallout and I know just a sort of general, like, ghosty kind of- um, I think there's sort of like a supernatural being that is somewhat undead. But- All right. Demon or monster in Arabian mythology associated yep. with graveyards and consuming human flesh. All right. Well, that gives us something to go off. <laughs> yeah, it's enough. It's They're not quite zombies, but they're-, they're Yeah. They're so- sort of- <laughs> He decided that he didn't like his digs in hell, so he he's moved up to this this dank cave and- That's it. And- and just wants to take part in the great capitalist experiment that is the United States. But also needs to eat human flesh. But he needs to eat human flesh. (laughs) But he likes humans. And look, he got a job at the- He got a temp job in an office. Mm -hmm. And he really doesn't want to eat Timothy, the other temp. But (laughs) no one's going to- He's the one that no one's going to notice if he's gone. So, you've got a dilemma there, right? Timothy's his own only friend, but also Timothy smells so nice. <laughs> yeah, but every time he looks at him, he sees a giant turkey leg. Uh, <laughs> no, he sees just a giant human leg, as, as you know, basically. He just sees a giant human leg. So it's still that cartoon trope, but instead of a turkey leg, it's a human leg, even though it's a fucking human that you're looking at. Yep. So, I love so it. I'm now, I'm now picturing, like, <laughs> this, this scene where Timothy's, like, oiling up his leg. Yeah, he's a runner. He do, he run he runs into work. He's got those stupid toe shoes. It's, he strips them off and he oils up his legs. And and our, our ghoul character just like Greg the mouth ghoul. watering, mouth watering. Yeah, Greg or um, Ginny. Well, if you I was actually to play a woman. <laughs> I was actually saying Greg because I wanted to do it, to eventually go to, and then he meets this girl called Dharma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be that would add some interesting uh, backstory to that canon, to the canon of Dharma and Greg, the sitcom from the yeah two thousands nineties nineties yes nineties to two thousands I think yeah around the same time as Friends. So, I'm kind of liking the idea that, yes, he's going through this capitalist thing, but then, like, I think what could happen in a bit of a twist is you actually mm-hmm. find out, like, your boss, who's sort of given mm-hmm. you, you this, this chance to actually join the company, is actually possessed. Bringing back possessor in, in like, the supernatural terms. Sure. But it turns out that, you know, they, they're trying to, they're trying to sort of collect as many, as many supernatural beings under their, under their company as possible. To um, I don't know, do some right. nefarious scheme. Is there a bit of a Hotel Transylvania vibe going on? Could be, could be. I, I do like the idea of you know you have you working your way up through this company, the killing killing 
either you're, killing you're random co- temps when you can, your co-workers or even the <laughs> or even the boss above. <laughs> right, that's how you. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Like that can be part of the strategy. If you manage, like it's harder, but if you manage to kill the boss above you, then you know if you've also been performing well enough in your job duties, <laughs> there's a clear line, <laughs> a clear line of for a promotion. Yeah, and you know that as you get to about middle management, that's when you find out that. Your boss is actually possessed and is actually, you know, wanting all, all the middle management above you is, is all also undead. All the middle undead. management are, are undead of some sort. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. That, like, that's why Jenny worked. Oh, no, I'd use Jenny before. I can't use Jenny. That's why Vanessa works such late hours is because she's actually a vampire. You know, you never see her during the day. And that's why Frank has bolts coming out of his neck. <laughs> Get on the nose. Get on the nose with Frank. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Frank Stein. <laughs> Frank N. Stein. <laughs> okay. Three to one click. Lamentation. <laughs> Longshoreman. <laughs> okay. So, whenever I hear the word lamentation, I think of that classic Conan quote with the um, the lamentation of the women and all this sort of... All this sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm picturing like. Oh, I big- thought you meant Conan O'Brien. No. I, I love the idea of Conan O'Brien's like famous <laughs> quote being to you know to just whatever it is to defeat my enemies, see them driven before me, and and hear the lamentations of their women. Yeah. And now I'm gonna dance. Um, so so I'm picturing it's like a um, a sailor has come into into the world of of like the Conan the Barbarian sort of era. Um, okay. And, you know, maybe it's, he got lost in a storm, almost traveled back in time. Sort of oh, like. Oh, so it's like a modern day. A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court sort of mm-hmm. situation in that you've got this, you've got this sort of like Navy, Navy guy who's sort of come, come into this sort of ancient yeah. styled land and there's no, barbarians there's no technology, and- there's barbarians and, and, you know. War and, yeah, just like, I, I don't know much about Conan, but. It's just there's no like fantasy sort of stuff in there, is there? With Conan? Yeah, yeah. There's oh, lots. is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, mean, I literally know nothing. The, about the it. actual the actual films didn't do much of it, but um, if you if you know Eldritch Wright's song Man Beast, that's actually from the <coughs> from the um <laughs> right. the stories of of um Conan the Barbarian. Just a little plug for my band. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll just cut it later. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So there's like there's magic there's magic and shit. Okay. Yeah. Witches and things. All right, so um, what sort of game is this? Like, is it a what? Like, yeah, I don't know. Is it is there is it a combat based thing? But you're sort of tr- going up against these like fucking barbarians and whatever, or okay, so it, it could, sort it of could actually be it could actually be like an action adventure sort of thing mm-hmm. in in which you've you've come ashore, much uh, kind of similar to a game that we've done in the past. You've got a weapon that only has limited number of bullets. Okay, which you're obviously not going to be able to find, to find um, new bullets, ammo but- for here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like that. Maybe less of it because we did we did obviously do sort of the gameplay implications of that last time. But I do like the idea of them uh, of this person coming into this world, and you know they've got a couple of things that that they have advantages that they give them an advantage over the the people here. Right. One of them is their weapon, and so yeah, if they're in the navy or something, like maybe they've got a a sidearm or a sidearm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, pi- I'm picturing like the um, the Ash Williams quote of "This is my boomstick." <laughs> God, uh, yeah, 
but you know, he's also got like his iPhone, which again, you've got a certain amount of batteries for. So you do oh. have to, you do have to like, you know, sort of do some resource management. And maybe it's just, maybe it's not actually like in, in the game mechanics. Like if it's more of an adventure, it's just that at certain points, you know, the event based, you'd run out of batteries or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's in, uh, yeah, as part of the narrative, driving the narrative, these things give you adv- advantages, but they are inherently limited in this time. Yeah. So that's, that's almost like the, the fact that you've got a bigger, a bigger rechargeable battery, you know, sort of like a, a 30,000 milliamp hour rechargeable battery compared to, compared to a smaller one. That's just your difficulty level. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I think it just ties into the story. I think it's just I think it's probably a narrative thing. Yeah. But yeah, I like I like that idea in general. I don't know what's the sort of arc. What's the narrative arc? You get there, you meet the locals, you like manage to you know sort of claim your place as I don't know a wizard. <laughs> it's like yeah, here is my and- my wand, which will you know which kills instantly. <laughs> From a distance, and if, if I remember, if I remember from like the Conan the Barbarian like film, there was actually, <laughs> I think Yafakoto played like it, it was either Yafakoto or it was um, James L. Jones played the played the evil king who'd sort of like enslaved all these people. <laughs> so I, I I sort of think that maybe maybe one of the things that actually happens is that your character accidentally kills Conan, so you have to sort of take on <laughs> take the place of that, take the role of Conan. Yep. But you know you're actually you know you're fit. You're in the navy. You're a you're a military person. But yeah, you, you make be a marine or something like that. You know you could have yeah. you could have some real fun. You're with capable that. and and yeah, that's that's interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm almost. I'm trying to think sort of what like game I would compare it to with what I would picture that as. Like, do we go full kind of adventure game? Is there because you kind of can't put just regular combat in there if the whole point is that there are narrative beats of where you run out of ammo. I I almost like the idea that it's that it's a Tomb Raider esque, mm, okay, sort of adventure in that you're you're sort of having to travel through towns and mm. or even like a um even like an Assassin's Creed or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that could little, be cool. Little actually. missions that you can you can actually do. Yeah, so there is and combat and stuff, but you don't actually get to use your, like your gun in the combat. You have to use and learn the local weapons until you get up to like certain pre. Yeah, until there are, exactly, until that, there are missions where it's like, all right, this is somewhere where I'm going to, you know, show off my, my magic <laughs> and, and, you know, help this person by taking out someone at, at a distance and, and saving the town or whatever. It, it, could, it could even be that sort of um, Prince of Persia, um, you know, Sands of Time mm. sort, of, sort of thing in which if you use too many bullets in this particular <laughs> thing, then it sort of right. backs up. Actually, well, that could be interesting, even even if it's not fully, like, bringing, rewinding into the sort of story and, and mechanics of the game. Instead of it's just like, oh, these are the specific spots you can use bullets, maybe it's more, okay, every mission, you've got X amount of bullets that you can use without basically breaking the timeline because you're supposed to use a bullet later on. <laughs> yeah. Sort of so, um, so you, and then you can give, like, achievements for using no bullets, but- you know, you brought a bunch of ammo with you, so maybe you've got actually, you know, 30 bullets per mission or something, and so you can just blast your way through some missions. And if you only used, if you used 30 the first time that you went through it, you can replay That's it. that mission they and- carry, and- They carry over, and yeah, or you can replay that mission and try to do it less. So, there's sort of, yeah, there are like, almost, um, there are tactical aspects to it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the, 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 the less bullets there that you actually use, 
means that there's more available for the next mission, and there's more available yes. available, available for the next mission until finally yeah. your final mission you could have every single your bullet. final boss you can just like just shoot twenty thirty fifty bullets into them. <laughs> there's some giant fucking actual giant. They're a giant, <laughs> but you can just take them down with your gun. Yeah, no, I, I like I, that. That's cool. I, I like that as yeah, kind of an Assassin's Creedy Shadow of Mordor ish sort of yeah. With with those sorts of limitations, yeah. yeah that's I'm cool, trying to think. Of, I mean, I mean, technically, you know, the fact that in in Grand Theft Auto and all that sort of stuff, you can you can die in that, and then you'll restart the mission from from the start, and then you can redo yeah, the mission. Look, we don't, and occasionally don't, we don't have, have to- like special special um, side quests that you can do within a mission, and and that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we certainly don't have to bring like respawning and stuff into the lore of the game itself. Like, it could just be the gamey part of it is, well, you fail and, or you know, you can just redo missions or whatever. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's kind of neat. That's kind of cool. I like it. Good to see that working. Sweet. Okay. Well, I think that's it. I think that is it. I think we'll end it there tonight. Thank you for joining us on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online, we are on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as BitStormCast on all of those. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash BitStorm. We have a YouTube page. You can just search for BitStorm on YouTube or search for BitStorm point, click, repeat, maybe. I don't know. We don't come up with many search results. And most importantly, we're on Podchaser at podchaser.com slash BitStorm. We're also on iTunes where you can also rate, review, and subscribe to us there. Got a website, bitstormcast.com. like to plug our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search hashtag AGPN on Twitter or look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network group on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for our theme song, Mount Defiance, off of the album Containment Failure. That's it. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm not a giant spider, I'm a man. You're a man spider. Look... <laughs> Look at look at my carapace. I'm a man. I mean, I didn't mean carapace. Look at my skin. Uh, it's man. It's man skin.